You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. Welcome, as always, to all of our first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump, Huda family, and welcome into this week's Crossover Wednesday. I am joined by Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at CoxSports1. This is a very fun episode and just great information on both teams. So without further ado, let's get it locked on crossover with locked on Saints and locked on Bears. Enjoy. Ross, I was surprised when the betting lines first came out for this game that the the Bears are favored by three and a half at home. And I would have thought the five and one New Orleans Saints, even without Drew Brees at quarterback, coming off of four straight victories coming against a Chicago team that most recently lost to the Oakland Raiders and then had a bye week. I'm surprised, even with the Bears at home, that the Saints seem to be, you know, just ever so slightly, un, you know, underdogs in this matchup. What was sort of your sense of where these two teams stand, or where the Saints stand in relation to the perception that you have of the Bears? Yeah, I mean, I think that all of us here in New Orleans, we love it. We absolutely love seeing the Saints sort of as the underrated underdog, even though they're doing all of this without Jabriz. Most everybody's going to be totally fine with it. It happened last week as well against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were uh, one and a half underdogs to Jacksonville playing at home in Jacksonville, which has mostly to do with you know, the, the home field advantage and everything. But even still, I mean, this, this isn't anything that's kind of new over the perception of the Saints over these last few weeks. I think that, you know, anytime that you look at the Saints without Drew Brees, you assume that they're not the team that they once were. And there's some truth in that. They're not the same team under Teddy Bridgewater than they are in Drew Brees, but they're still a team that can win games. And sometimes they see that. And sometimes those bet, those guys that set those lines don't see that. And, and usually that's kind of a welcome attitude in New Orleans. And you wonder if maybe there's some continued questions about Teddy Bridgewater after a little bit of a less than ideal performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They still got the job done, still able to win with some help from their defense. But you take that coming into Chicago against a Bears defense that has been stellar up until their most recent game against the Oakland Raiders when they kind of fell off a little bit and randomly were, were more vulnerable to Derek Carr than they had been to anyone else this season. And it, it's it's largely kind of believed to be an anomaly and just sort of one of those games. And, you know, it's in London and all these different factors as to why things kind of went wrong in this one, but not necessarily the new trend. So I can see where maybe, you know, Bridgewater not at, at coming off his best game, coming against a Bears defense, even though it's not coming off of its best game either, but feeling like, Maybe there's some questions there about the Bears defense against this Saints offense. But Mm -hmm. I also come into this game looking at a Saints defense that really played well against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you have a Bears offense that has really struggled to get off the ground. So it kind of feels like a a weird mix of defensive battles coming Mm -hmm. into this one with maybe uh, some questions about what these offense are capable of. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that there's some big questions about Teddy Bridgewater still. I mean, we've seen him both not lose the Saints games and win the Saints games. So different attitudes there. We saw him absolutely win the game for them with them against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two weeks ago, where he threw for over 300 yards for the first time since 2015 and four touchdowns in that game. And then all of a sudden you come back to this Jacksonville defense that was without Jalen Ramsey and, you know, has a weak safety tandem up there. And, you know, they put up 13 points. And so, So there's always going to be some question marks surrounding Teddy Bridgewater and what he brings to this team versus especially understanding the standard that Drew Brees brings there too. And so there's always going to be a comparative argument there that's a little unfair to Teddy Bridgewater. But even still, he's shown some inconsistency. He's shown that he holds on to the ball too long and against the pass rush, specifically a pass rush as good as the one in Chicago, that's not a great matchup for them. So I think that it it does have a lot to do with the questions and the issues that are specific to Teddy Bridgewater versus the advantages that are specific to the Bears defense. And also the Bears defense coming off a bye week, coming off rested, probably also plays a bit of a factor into that as well. You know, Mitch Trubisky, my understanding is that he was back at practice, as was Taylor Gabriel. Um, I'll ask you a little bit later to elaborate a little bit on Akeem Hicks. But when it comes to the rest of those guys around there, they're rested. And that's a defense that's going to be ready to go this week. And it's going to be ready to do it at home, which is big. And so I think you're absolutely right in terms of what the matchup between the Bears defense versus the Saints offense is. There's just a lot of question marks around what the Saints offense is going to be this week. And there's no question that the Bears defense is very good. You can flip that script regardless of whether or not it's Mitchell Trubisky or uh, Chase Daniel. That offense in Chicago has struggled and the Saints defense has only gotten better allowing under 260 net yards over the last three games and playing less than 60 defensive snaps each game, which means they're forcing the offenses off the field quicker. They've been pretty outstanding. And so this will be a good defensive matchup, I think, when I look at this game. Yeah, and the Bears coming off the bye week is... uh, it's, it's like you want to make it a positive right? from, mm-hmm. from a Bears perspective. They want to feel like they're going to be rested and well, you know, ready to go. But last season, the Bears played one of their worst games of the year, fresh out of the bye week. It was in Miami. There was a, a lot of heat and humidity that, you know, again, you don't want to blame the environment as the reason the team lost, but they ended it up going into though. overtime yeah. and, and losing to the a Miami team that they felt like they should have beat. They had a, a great game going into the bye week and then came out completely flat so it's it's hard to to be mm. overly confident that that this time off is going to be a big difference maker for the Chicago Bears especially with a team like New Orleans that again is is hot is is coming off of four straight victories and, and feels like one of the the you know the top teams in the NFC I mean I know they've they've had some of their closer contests I mean you know a little pretty close against the Seahawks and the Cowboys mm-hmm. and you know pulled away from the Buccaneers a little bit when it got down to it but it's not a Saints team that is necessarily dominated you know from a week-to-week standpoint but it just seems like they are solid in in always being able to sort of find a way to pull things out and I think the Bears have kind of struggled to do that whereas like the Saints do a good job of really maximizing the talent that they have and Mm -hmm. putting guys in the best position to be successful you know on both sides of the ball and it feels like the Bears are still trying to figure out how to get all the pieces together. And I think you can detect in my voice a a little bit of a lack of confidence in (laughs) going into this game, despite the Bears being at home and and favored. Wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
the like when you have those kinds of question marks, you never know exactly which system you're going to see walk in. And I think that that's a little bit of what Saints fans are experiencing too. You're seeing a lot of Saints fans that are, you know, either very frustrated with Teddy Bridgewater or they're chanting his name in the stadium in every bar that he walks into, you know. So there, there becomes some uncertainty there. And when that uncertainty is there, it's hard to build up that confidence to run into this game and say, yes, this team has the clear advantage. I think this is a really even matchup. I thought that this was an even matchup at the beginning of the season. I just thought the Saints had a little bit of an advantage over on the offensive side with Drew Brees at quarterback. But now with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, this feels a little bit more evened out to me. And it feels a little bit more like one of those games like the Saints have played already this season against Jacksonville last week and against Dallas a couple of weeks ago to where it's going to be one of those low scoring kind of gritty kind of punch you in the throat, punch you in the stomach kind of games to where it's it's going to be one of those uh, it's 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 going to be one on the defensive side and whoever wins particularly in the trenches, which is something that Sean Payton credited the Saints with doing against Tampa Bay, but they'll have to work a little bit harder to get that done, especially with the offensive line, uh, especially with the Saints offensive line taking on that pass rush and that defensive line in uh, Chicago. All right, y'all, Lauren and I have more of this crossover Wednesday coming your way, but first, treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off of their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. All right, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluetooth.com. That's blue. Like the color blue. Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants some extra confidence to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal just for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON. On to try it for free. Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. It's been a challenge at times for the Bears in the trenches uh, on on offense, in particular. I think mm-hmm. defensively, they they feel pretty solid about you know the interior depth. Although we'll get to Akeem Hicks and, and his question marks uh, health wise in a little bit here, I'm sure. But it's it's not a, it's not a, a trench game that the Bears have felt great about uh, offensively and. I think that's where some of my concern comes in. I, you know, I look at this Saints defense, and you know, it's it's not a, the, the guys on that front four in particular are mm-hmm. not they're not the names that you know your average you know fan who's, who hasn't watched a Saints game this season. You know, you've probably heard of Cameron Jordan, you know, just because he's been around a long time. And he's a first round pick. People may have heard of Marcus Davenport from the draft or Sheldon Rankins from the draft, but it's it's not a lot of like you know household big right. name guys. But it seems like it's a group of really solid, reliable, you know, not not flashy necessarily, but guys that are going to kind of hold their gaps and get the job done. And with the Bears making a change on their offensive line with Kyle Long going to injured reserve and Ted Larson set to start at right guard if he's healthy, but he hasn't quite been healthy yet either. So it might be uh, Rashad Coward who played defensive line two years ago. This is his second season ever playing offensive line and has mm-hmm. been uh, a work in progress, but 
showing signs of encouragement there. I, I think there's there's some real concerns from the Bears' perspective on how well their offensive line is going to continue to hold up because it was a problem before, and it uh, people are hoping, I think, that the bye week can magically solve some of those problems, and it doesn't typically work like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for the Saints defensive line, this is where I think the Saints have their strongest unit. I think the secondary has improved, particularly over the last couple of games, but just the rotation with the Saints defensive line, because let's say they get Trey Hendrickson back this week. He looked like he was very close to getting back against Jacksonville, but had a little bit of a setback. He's been dealing with a neck injury that he, uh, that he, suffered back again it was the dallas game uh week four and so he's been on his way back but if the saints get him back that's nine players that they can rotate pretty successfully along their their defensive line mario edwards jr in that scenario would probably be inactive but they'd still have eight players four in the interior and four off the edge that they can rotate at any time and that have been effective even you know you can talk about cam jordan up there but you can go all the way down to guys that are undrafted free agents like shy tuttle and carl granderson that literally no one has heard of but have made plays over these last couple of weeks and have been a big value and have shown a lot of value for the Saints defensive line and getting pressure on the quarterback. And we know that getting pressure on any quarterback is a key to winning a game. We we know that. We see that time and time again. But I like looking at you know, making them, you know, not giving them the time that they need in the pocket. And I think that that's where the, the, the sort of division between Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniel really lives. Mitch Trubisky actually plays pretty well when he has less than two and a half seconds to throw a ball. He likes to get the ball out quickly. He likes that kind of a game. Whereas uh, Chase Daniel, if you can get pressure on him and force him to throw the ball sooner than he wants to, then you could take advantage of some of those little errant throws or I don't want to call them mistakes. He's a veteran guy. He's been in the league since what? He was 24 when he came to the league. He was He's 33 now. So he's been there for a while. He played with the Saints for a little bit, but he's the guy that you want to try to really get after and try to get the ball out of hand as quickly as possible. Whereas Mitch Trubisky, if you get after him, you need to get to him. You can't just get after him because of what he can do with his legs. So I think that that's where the division between the two quarterbacks really is. Uh, it really does make a difference between how the Saints defense fares in this game against the Chicago offense. And Taylor Gabriel would be a big question mark in that too, because the Saints have suffered a little bit by the hands of some of those speedy wide receivers. Look at the, the incredible day, the two touchdown day that Chris Godwin had against the Saints, even though some of that was about you know, fourth quarter, keep them in front of you, let them complete as many passes as they want. But still, he had a very good game over on that side of the ball. And at this point, we don't know what exactly is going to happen at the quarterback position for the Bears. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, like you said, returned to practice to start the week. And the injury is to his left shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not necessarily in directly impacting his ability to throw the ball, but obviously some some questions about how well he can take hits and how much just that whole motion pulls on any of the muscles on your left shoulder to kind of balance that out. He, he doesn't need surgery. He's just sort of wearing a brace and, and sort of hoping it can be comfortable enough to to play football. But there's there's some questions about how that might affect how he's going to you know, hold on to the ball in the pocket and how much he may scramble. He, he hasn't done a lot of that up to this point this season. And I would bet if your left shoulder hurts like hell, anytime anybody touches it, you're not <laughs> going to want to put yourself in any risk there. So, you know, we could see a, a more hesitant Mitchell Trubisky, maybe someone who does want to get rid of the ball even mm -hmm. more quickly. So the pass rush can't get even closer to him because there've been times this season where, you know, he'll, he'll try and hang around a pocket here and there and, and extend some of these plays and leave himself at risk. And you, right. you wonder if 
some of that risk is is going to be or going to want to be mitigated. And so then you wonder, you mentioned, you know, speedy receivers taking advantage at times of this defense. It, it does take time, even though they're fast, for, for Taylor Gabriel to get downfield and right. to hit those deep shots. So does does this limit the Bears to wanting to stick even more with the underneath throws, which has already kind of been uh, force-fed through their offense this season? They haven't taken enough shots downfield. And there's some real question marks about – you know, whether or not Trubisky will be able to open things up a little bit more and, and have some of those shots. Because, you know, I, I look at this the Saints, you know, linebacking core in particular where the Bears might try and, you know, hit some of those underneath throws. And not that, you know, uh, Anzalone and, and Demario Davis and, and even, you know, A.J. Klein and, and Kiko Alonso sort of all in there. Not mm-hmm. that those guys have been, you know, great in coverage, but they're all, they're all athletes. They're all guys right. that can... Right. Can, can get after the ball. And, and it seems like there's an opportunity there for, for some wriggle room, but they're going to be able to match up with guys like Tariq Cohen and, and Trey Burton a little bit better than maybe your average old school linebacker. Yeah, I mean, one of the guys to really keep an eye out on on the Saints defensive side for that type of a matchup in terms of lining up against Trey Burton is going to be Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's a safety that uh, came into the league this year. He's drafted in the fourth round. He was a guy that was projected to be a first-rounder or early second-rounder by a lot of you know experts. And so he ended up dropping to the fourth, and the Saints picked him up. At, I think it was pick 105 overall. But he's gotten mixed into that nickel package a little bit more as the second linebacker. And it's been really beneficial for the Saints because some of the other safeties like Von Bell, who's more so your box safety, your guy that you would bring down closer to the line of scrimmage and let him play there. He's really improved in deep coverage. So now they're able to trust him out back there along with Marcus Williams and then get Chauncey Garner-Johnson closer to the line of scrimmage where he can match up or rush the passer or you know match up with the, the, the slot guys, the tight ends, the guys out of the backfield. And so he's another name to watch there. The thing that's really great about the Saints second level is that, yeah, they're not the greatest coverage guys, especially Kiko Alonso and AJ Klein, but they're the types of linebackers where if you catch the ball in their vicinity, they're going to make the tackle. They really limit yards after catch, and that's kind of a big part of their game. I want to throw one thing out there about Mitch Trubisky since we were just kind of talking about him and holding on to the ball a little bit longer, trying to get the ball out quick. Him holding on to the ball more than two and a half seconds, according to Pro Football Focus, that's where he's taken all eight of his sacks. He actually hasn't taken any when he has the opportunity to throw the ball within two and a half seconds. And so with that, that's part of what we're talking about in terms of he wants, he's, if he comes back, he's going to want to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. And so if you get there as the Saints defense, you have to do something about it. It's the difference between, you know, a 72.3 passer rating and then a 77.8 passer rating. It's not that big, but when you look at what he does in terms of uh, you know taking sacks and, and and losing yardage, making some decisions there, or not being able to make decisions, that's where the big part comes in with what the Saints' pass rush might be able to do. And Teddy Bridgewater has much the same record uh, on his shoulder as well, so this does really kind of go both ways for the pass rush here. Yeah, when you when you talk about Bridgewater in that regard, you, you mentioned him struggling a little bit with holding onto the ball too long, and and that being a potential weakness there. Have there been other? sort of signs of that up and down. I mean, it, it seems like it's it's not always as simple as just, you know, like it's not just him sometimes. Sometimes there's offensive, sometimes there's pressure right. from the offensive line that's solid. And sometimes the running game has kind of come and go. It seems like there's, there's, there's been a, a, a mixture of factors. And, and obviously it's never on one player per se, but do you get much of a sense of like, 
you know, if everything else is going fine, Bridgewater will be fine. And if other things start to struggle, that's when Bridgewater starts to go. Or is he a little bit more independent from his supporting cast? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is kind of a blend of both. Uh, there are some times that you can clearly see in film that he has an open receiver and that if he just pulled the trigger a little early, earlier than he is ready to, then he would have, you know, a five or six yard gain that could have turned into you know, a five or six yard pass that could have turned into a first down, you know, nothing huge like that. But he's not missing on huge plays or anything. It's just that sometimes he independently wants to look for the next route to develop as opposed to taking what he has immediately. And then on the other hand, like I said, it's a blend of things. The other hand is that sometimes secondaries are doing a really good job at taking away those deep shots when there are shot plays called. And so that's just one of those things where Teddy Bridgewater has to make a better decision. And as opposed to taking a sack, as he's done nine times with holding the ball too long or holding the ball longer than two and a half seconds, he needs to throw the ball away. And so sometimes it's just decision making things like that. And that that happens when you're a guy that hasn't played, you know, full speed regular season football since 2015. And you've, you know, now you're into four straight wins, which is just remarkable. But there's certainly a big difference for him when he does get the ball out quickly. And when he makes those decisions earlier because of the type of offense that Sean Payton has designed around him and has sort of redesigned around him. The game plans that he's created give him an opportunity to where if he just makes a decision a touch earlier, then that ball continues to move down the field. And then a big part of this also is just his comfort that's sort of dictated by the run game. And last week, the Saints had a lot of trouble getting the run game started because they were dealing with an injured Alvin Kamara, which is a big thing coming into this game as well, to where Look, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have a reliable run game behind him and he's forced to be the guy and throw the ball against this defense, he might find he might find himself struggling. It's not going to be as simple as, you know, the Tampa Bay game where Tampa Bay has a very, very weak secondary and we're blowing coverages left and right. And he was able to just take advantage of that. That's not going to be necessarily the case against Chicago's secondary. And so he's going to have to work in order to make that, you know, he's going to have to make the smarter decisions in order to be able to take advantage of that opportunity to where if they say, all right, Teddy, you have to win us this game, he's got to make the right decisions in order to do that. More Crossover Wednesday with Lauren Cox and Ross Jackson of Locked on Bears and Locked on Saints coming your way, including a score prediction, but you might already have a good idea of what you think the score is going to be for the Saints game. Now, if that's you, do you ever find yourself wishing that you can make some extra cash with all that NFL knowledge? Well, at MyBookie, they want to make your dreams come true this season. Between the football season, the MLB playoffs, the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get into the action. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little but win a lot, then try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet on multiple games for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the right thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit over there on the sidelines. Get into the game with mybookie. And if you join right now, mybookie is going to double your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your cash visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid it strikes me as we've gone through this conversation how similar Mm -hmm. of type of situations these teams are in like it feels like the saints and bears have a lot of the same i don't know if issues is the right word but same dynamics but Mm -hmm. just it it feels to me like the saints are maybe a little bit farther along in (laughs) figuring out those dynamics and, and minimizing some of the the weaker sides and maximizing some of the stronger sides that, yeah. you know, you talk about Teddy Bridgewater and 
you know, building an offense around him that can be predicated on those quicker decisions and getting rid of the ball and, and not necessarily, you know, vertical pass. I mean, there's vertical passing in there, but it's mm-hmm. sort of picking your shots and when to take them. And that's what the Bears want to do, and that's what they've been trying to do, but they haven't been able to keep things I don't know if fresh enough is the right word, but they they haven't been able to sort of string together those short passes in order to sustain long drives. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. the execution, and, and it's usually it's different things. It'll be drop pass here, a penalty there, a, a sack here, you know, bad offensive line there, and certainly no running game through the first five weeks of the season. But it's like the Bears want to be able to do what the Saints have done offensively because they have a quarterback situation with either guy where they where they're not sure that in a game where they need their quarterback to throw for them to win, that the guy is going to be able to consistently do that, especially for more than one drive. Like they got right. one great drive out of Mitchell Trubisky at the end against the Denver Broncos, where they had fourth and 15. He steps up and delivers, puts the team in field goal range game winner. And that's, that's been about it for, for clutch moments this season. And it's not something that the team feels like they can rely on a ton. So it, it, there's a lot of similar dynamics here. It just feels like the saints are a little bit better, you know, from certainly from an offensive line standpoint, from a running game standpoint, maybe overall more proven talent at the receiver positions as well. But it's like, that's, where the bears want to go offensively. And then, you know, defensively, both of these groups really playing at a high level. So it's funny that these, these similarities continue to bore out just part. A lot of that is because Drew Brees is out and that's, that's the ultimate equalizer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of what you're talking about there, uh, you know, the difference between the two teams who are in very similar situations comes down to coaching. Now I'm not going to say anything negative about Matt Nagy. All I'm saying is that Sean Payton, has done it. I mean, Matt Nagy, let's acknowledge, was coach of the year last year. So I'm not saying anything negative about him. I think he's a damn good coach. But when it comes to Sean Payton, this guy has done an incredible job without his Hall of Fame quarterback and having to roll out a new offense a second week, a third week of the season, starting the third week of the season for Teddy Bridgewater, who hadn't played an, a real NFL snap since 2015. And so that's a very specific challenge to face, to not only have to go to your backup quarterback behind your Hall of Famer, but to go for a guy that's been out of the NFL in terms of regular season action for years and then have to make that work for your team. And he's done a great job doing that by relying on and understanding that he's got a very complete team in that locker room in terms of their ability on special teams and in terms of their ability on defense as well. And so with that, this is this is a huge, huge statement for Sean Payton and what he's done, or, or I'll say by Sean Payton and what he's done with this team. And I think Matt Nagy is probably inches away from figuring it out himself. But what Sean Payton does as the leader of that that organization, leader of that team, uh, has been really impressive so far this season. And I think that's the difference between a head coach who's been doing it for 14 years that's right. versus a head coach who's been doing it for one and a half. So, that's exactly you know, right. Yeah, they're they're trying to. I think uh, Matt Nagy would even say he's probably trying to emulate some of the things that Sean Payton does and and you know model himself after the great head coaches in the NFL. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun battle between. I don't want to say young versus old because I don't I don't know that Sean Payton's old. And I don't know that Matt Nagy's <laughs> young either. But between experienced and maybe yeah. inexperienced in this matchup, how are you kind of feeling from a you know we've we've sort of been dancing around you know, the the back and forth between where these two teams stand. If you had to put some kind of prediction, it doesn't have to have specific score numbers if you don't want to, but how are you feeling this game play out? You mentioned uh, tight, low scoring, but when it's all said and done, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really believe it that I think it's going to be tight and low scoring. And I can see this being a seven to 10 or a 10 to 13 kind of a game. And I'll be honest with you, uh, back, back when, you know, Drew Brees was healthy, I had notched this as the game this quarter of the season that the Saints would lose. It's just tough to travel to Chicago and win and to do that, especially on the second game of a two game, you know, the Saints only have two game road trips. They never go more than two games away from home, which is very nice, especially when you look at teams like, Oakland and, and, and Tampa Bay who literally forget that they have a home stadium by the end of the year. But these guys, you know, only go two games back to back on, on road trips at all throughout the season. But the second game of their road trip was against Seattle the first time. The second game of this road trip is in Chicago. And that's a tough environment to go and play in, especially on back to backs like that. So I actually had, uh, the Bears winning this game and I'm going to stick with that. I think that this is a, very low scoring game. Like I said, seven to 10, 10 to 13. I'm not discouraged by a loss in this game for New Orleans. The only thing is that later on down the season, because I can see these two teams being competitors later on down the season within the NFC. If they're, if they enter any kind of a tiebreaker situation, that kind of ends up being pretty horrible <laughs> for the Saints, uh, to have dropped this game, but I could see it happening. Uh, and especially with the question marks that loom around Alvin Kamara, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He had an ankle injury last week before the Jacksonville game, and then he tweaked his knee during the Jacksonville game. And then they're bringing in guys for tryouts, and Twitter's going crazy. It's been nuts in terms of Saints world right now. But with that being the case, if they end up especially not playing Alvin Kamara in this game, I can easily see the Saints dropping this game and it being, you know, coming down to a defensive score or something for the Saints that maybe gets them on the board, but not much more than that. It's funny because I'm 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 predicting a similar game with the opposite outcome. Uh-huh. Like the, the, Saint, the Saints host is saying the Bears are going to win, and the Bears host is is feeling like the Saints are going to win. Like <laughs> I I think you know like thirteen ten, like you said fourteen ten, seventeen thirteen, something like that. I, I just don't have a lot of faith that you know that Mitchell Trubisky when he comes back. I, I just think this injury is probably the worst thing that he could have possibly had in his situation that he mm, needs mm-hmm. he needs more confidence and he needs to be able to play more freely and not think so much and i can't help but feel like you know armchair psychologist that when you have a shoulder injury that's going to be on your mind quite a bit when you're trying to play quarterback totally. he needs to he needs to just kind of drop everything and just play football just sling it out there play f- with your friends and you know like like you're in the backyard and not be thinking so much about okay you know, trying to work through every scenario in your head, just just sort of relax and play. And when you're when you're trying to think about the pass rush and not even, you know, you don't want to bump into your left tackle offensively, you know, accidentally because that's going to hurt and it's oh, going to throw you throw you off. So I, I just feel like there's a lot of reasons why Trubisky will not be taking a big step forward or anything just yet coming back from injury. That Bears offense is going to be even slower to, to jump, and that the running game hasn't been able to get going yet. And as good as their defense has been, I. I think if Teddy Bridgewater can just kind of take care of the ball and settle for some field goals and, you know, not try and force anything, which he doesn't seem to have too many problems with. Right. I, I, I think, you know, the Saints can find the end zone once or twice and that'll be enough. Yeah. Hey, look, if it happens that way, I'll take it. I'm sure if it happens the way that I predicted, you'll take it. But yeah, no, I'm really <laughs> excited about this. I think this is going to be a very fun way, fun game to watch. I love 
defensive football games. I like them when they're actually defensive football games and not just horrible offensive outputs. And I think that this one will be a very fun defensive game to watch. And this was a lot of fun to do with you, Lauren. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time as well. Best of luck this weekend. You as well, my friend. All right, y'all, I know that that ran long, so I hope that you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure y'all follow Lauren on Twitter at CoxSports1. Keep up with everything going on with the Bears ahead of Sunday's matchup. Now I'm going to jump straight to the outro here, but y'all know what it is. Stick around throughout the rest of the week as we continue to get you episodes on Thursday and Friday to get you ready for Sunday's game against the Bears in Chicago. Thank you, everybody, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how your family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show and instead of asking you to let me say thank you for subscribing for rating and reviewing it's a humongous help thank you for everything that you've done and for all your support this has been locked on saints and trust who that nation i'll holla at you